having me today. Great to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, uh, as I opened up the show, I think so many of us have been dealing with so much for so long, Uh, and it's always nice uh, to find maybe a new coping skill, um, you know, especially, you know, maybe one that might work for us, because you know, uh, sometimes, I mean, they all don't, you know, we're all different. And I guess I just wanted to ask, you know, what is the moon salutation? And, you know, how is it different from just the normal yoga class, you know, anybody can find online or, um, you know, their their yoga DVDs that, you know, people are doing at home these days because we're sequestered in. Yes, thank you. So the moon salutation is a feminine form. It is a feminine flow. It is a sequence of poses that you can do that opens and nourishes the female body. So, uh, you know, really the moon salutation is an honoring in the heart of the lunar phase. It's honoring the moon. It's honoring that feminine side of our nature, the divine feminine side. And then there is a way to practice yoga that honors the yin in us instead of being all yang, instead of being all masculine or all solar, the moon salutation brings in that feminine yin aspect. 
Ah, interesting. Okay, you know, I'm not really a yoga practitioner. You know, I've tried Tai Chi uh, and felt like I got a lot out of it, uh, you know, but I realized it was kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I'm curious about Tai Chi. Is that also, uh, you know, can be yin and yang, or is it more of a yin movement? Because, you know, I'm thinking about how it's such a flowy thing. Yeah. You know, I'm not really an expert on Tai Chi. I've practiced it several times. In my experience, it's fairly gentle and flowing. So I would classify it as more yin than, say, a lot of athletic more uh, yoga that might be done in the gyms, you know, in modern days. But I'm not really an expert on Tai Chi. But there may be more masculine, athletic forms of Tai Chi and more feminine, softer, flowing forms. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay, um, so what's the story here behind the uh, moon salutation and yoga for women? Um, you know, how did it uh, come about? You know, uh, how did it become one of your passions? <laughs> well, those are those are great questions. Those are a couple of questions. I'll take I'll take one at a time. Let me start with the moon salutation. Um, so, you know, yoga as we know it in the United States, or actually in much of the modern world is a very modern, believe it or not, practice. Um, And it did originate in India. And what happened was when it came to, when it spread to most of the rest of the world, let's say, or even starting in the 1920s, 1930s, it was primarily for men. And uh, the, the, the more ancient schools of yoga had been all men, and the classic scriptures of yoga were written in communities that were celibate, that were all men, and they had male teachers or male gurus. And so when they began to, you know, in the modern age, it's not really okay to exclude women. It's not okay to exclude the lower three castes, as has had been done. And so when they started to make yoga accessible to women and to the lower castes, um, what they, the instructions they gave to women were, well, if you're pregnant, just don't practice, and if you're menstruating, just don't practice. And that didn't feel right to women. Women were like, no, even when we're bleeding, we want to practice yoga, but we want to do different poses. And even when we're pregnant, we especially want to do yoga, but we want to do different poses. So a lot of women began to experiment, and especially top teachers, you know, women who were very immersed in yoga, and one uh, began to do this and began to experiment with yoga for women, which is now extremely popular, extremely well-known, but one group of women that began to practice together was women at the Kripalu Center, and they said this just doesn't make any sense that we shouldn't practice yoga when we're bleeding. It doesn't feel right to our bodies. We want a gentler yoga, one that opens the hips, so that stretches the area that might be cramping. Maybe if the belly's cramping, we want to do some gentle poses to massage the belly. You know, if we're pregnant, we want to practice poses that open the hips and are side-bending squats. And so these women began to experiment when they were pregnant or, or menstruating. And what they came up with was a series that honors the feminine life cycle of menstruate, maiden, mother, crone, right? That is a female life cycle, and it's, it's an ancient life cycle. So they tapped into what they physiologically could tell was best for their bodies on when there was cramps, when there was pregnancy, um, and, and during menopause. And it turns out that when you do wide-legged poses where the knees are open, you're massaging the um, abdominal organs, you're massaging the hormonal areas, you're opening the hips for pregnancy. Um, And they came up with a flow that is very cooling to the body. So for anyone who's ever been to a gym and ever practiced uh, what's often taught in the gym, there's something called the sun salutation. And this was a prayer to the sun. It has an ancient root, and it was modernized for warriors in India. Um, and, um, but it's very heating. And the sun citation is too heating when you're having hot flashes. It's too heating if you're having cramps, menstrual cramps, a heavy period. And it's not good if you're pregnant. You could injure the fetus. So you cannot do it when you're pregnant. So um, what the women came up with was a sideways flow 
that opens the hips, opens the female center, op- connects us to the earth, connects us to our sexuality by opening the hips, connects us with other women because it's great for practicing in a circle. It's cooling for hot flashes. Um, and so it's just a beautiful energetic uh, complement and physiological complement to the sun citation, but also psychologically and spiritually it has the shape of a circle, and it has the goddess squat in it. So when women practice this moon citation over and over and over again, they tell me, wow, for the, I feel like I'm connected to something ancient and feminine. It feels like a goddess flow. It feels like an earth flow. Um, so it's just beautiful how it not only physiologically connects us with our female body, but it also spiritually opens us to that great goddess that is inside of all of us as women. So let me ask you, Laura, um, I've heard you say a couple times now it's about opening the hips. Um, Is that Mm -hmm. um, just the start of it, or is that kind of the key, uh, you know, to focus on, um, on movements that encourage us to open the hips? Um. Actually, there's a sequence of poses in the moon salutation. And in my book, Moon Salutations, I show 10 different variations. So this, if you're a beginner and you can't do the advanced, you're not comfortable with the advanced yoga poses, you can do a very gentle version. And I show 10 versions in my book, Moon Salutations. There's also a gift on my website where you can go and just see the pictures of it and learn it that way, if you'd um, rather learn it that way. Um, but it starts with side bending. In fact, the first pose of the moon salutation, I wish we were on a video so I could show you, the first pose is a crescent moon pose. So if, you're, if you think about standing, and you can actually do the standing or sitting, you're standing and you sweep the arms to the side like you're tracing the shape of the full moon, then you interlace the fingers like you're standing in a temple or your body is a temple, and then you come into a crescent moon shape. So it's first a side bend. So your hips go to the right or the left, and your upper body goes the other way, and you take the shape of a crescent moon. Then you come back up, and you step wide into a a goddess squat, arms to the side, knees to the side. So the squat comes in kind of the middle, and that's just the first several of the first few poses. I see, I see. I could, I could really visualize that. Um, all right, and um, now you're, you're also saying um, that these moon salutations, uh, they support women during, uh, you know, these difficult times, uh, you know, of uh, miscarriage, stillbirth, infertility, um, you know, almost as if it, it, it's, it can help heal from that sort of trauma. Yeah. Yes. So, um, in I, you know, I've been teaching the moon salutation now for 25 years and leading women's circles where we include the moon salutation. And um, one of the things that's so healing is not only when you practice it alone, do you feel that you're being connected with your female body, with its power to give birth, even, you know, I've personally never had a baby, but I connect with that power as a woman. Um, but you're also connecting with other women because since it's a sideways flow, it goes side to side, your, the front of your body is open to the world and it makes you want to practice it facing a partner or practice it in a circle with other women. Whereas the sun citation is in a line, forward and back, kind of like being in a bowling alley, kind of like kindergarten children playing parallel. But the moon citation is the way the women I believe it's in our biology to want to connect in a circle with other women. And so when you have that feeling, uh, there's a sense of companionship. And so one of the things I did when I was preparing my, um, my book, Moon Salutations, was I interviewed women who had been through many different life experiences. My own sister lost a baby at birth, so I happened to know how incredibly um, painful it is to have a child die in childbirth, before childbirth, to have a miscarriage, and I've had many friends with miscarriages. So um, I'm just going to read a little story here. Um, This is from yoga teacher Carly Conitzer. Uh, It's hard being 38 
and watching everyone I know get successfully pregnant and birth their babies along with the next phase of their lives. In my own body, I turn to the moon salutation, the practice that feels the most feminine and sacred to bring healing to my grieving heart. The moon salutation Mm. reconnects me with my own body's cycle and timing. And I had several other women... um, there's another woman earlier in this chapter on infertility and pregnancy loss who talks about uh, having four miscarriages prior to adopting her daughter. And she says, I remember feeling deeply betrayed by my body, unbearably betrayed. Sex became mechanical. I pushed my body to cooperate with a fertility treatment that was just not right for me. I also remember how good it and how soothing it felt to get back on the mat and to move my body again, even though I was reluctant. My body led me into the movements that I so needed, tip openers and more. So I think women, we feel that the vulnerable part of our body, our sexual center, is in the hips. And when we open the hips, we relax that part and we own our femininity. So many women have been injured, sexual abuse and trauma, is another thing that I write about and that I personally have been through. And um, a lot of women told me that relaxing into the squats, especially in a circle of women, or just knowing that this is a global uh, movement for women, the moon salutation, they feel more accepting of their own femininity, of their own female body. And the, the body likes to move. The body likes to squat. And when we do it in a way that helps us open the pelvic floor, open the legs, open the hips, come close to the Mother Earth, it's very healing for us as women, especially when we've had experiences like loss of a pregnancy, infertility, sexual abuse, any of those things. Well, and, and what I think I'm hearing you say, too, and maybe I'm just saying it in a different way, it uh, almost reminds me of the red tent movement, which um, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. maybe you're familiar with, but, the, you know, with the red tent movement, you know, maybe for listeners who uh, don't know about it yet, I, I don't think we've talked about it uh, for a long time here, uh, but if you can find one in your local neighborhood, um, you know, maybe they're doing Zooms right now, I don't know. Um, but um, I've always looked at the red tent uh, as a way for women to uh, reconnect with their body, have a better relationship with their body, especially if they've uh, had difficult uh, menses or, uh, as you just described, you know, you go through something like a miscarriage or a stillbirth or infertility, and it's almost as if you're you're angry with your own body, you know. And it sounds like the moon salutations or a method to uh, maybe get back in touch and reconnect with your physical being. Absolutely, they really are. Yeah, and I'm familiar with the red tent movement. I love it. I think um, gathering with other women on our periods is a very ancient feminine practice, even in places where they didn't have red tents. Let's say in India, um, women who live in uh, collective, multi-general families can help each other out on their periods. And I think this is important psychologically, spiritually, and also physiologically. You know, when you have to, in our culture, um, I, you know, I'm an American citizen, happen to be living in Mexico, but um, a lot of the West, we... Um, we deny the need for rest on the menstrual period. We, we try to shame it. We don't get to take rest days. Um, and so I think this creates a lot of exhaustion and physical problems in women, whereas if women were allowed to rest, and it's a lot of work to expel the uterine lining and the blood that was preparing to nourish a child. And so the, the uterus has to contract it has to squeeze out this material, and if we can rest at that time, I think it brings happiness and joy. And in traditional families, um, women would get to take three days off on their periods. In India, you don't have to cook on those days. You get to rest. Your female friends come and visit you. They bring you gifts. They play with you. They laugh. And it's related to the female um, the, the, the celebration of the menstruation of the menses of the goddess 
So just like a woman gets to celebrate and embody Shakti or life force on her period at that time, she doesn't have to be in the kitchen and washing dishes and cooking. There's a lot of work. She gets to rest. And um, when you have menses of the goddess, this is of the goddess, this is a female festival that still happens in some traditional villages in India. The women get to go away for three days once the rains start. You know, maybe not on a rainy day, but at that season, and they laugh and they play. The men bring them their food. They set up special swings for the women to play on. We need our female friends. We need to rest and be happy, especially when we're having cramps. And in my experience, once I stopped working on my periods and would give myself at least one sick day and then stay home and watch a movie or have my husband cook all the meals, I don't live in a multi-generational family, but once I, when I remarried and I told my husband I wanted him to do this, he said that was fine, um, I stopped having so many cramps. And I know a lot of other women who, if they rest sufficiently on one period, they will have fewer cramps on the next. So I think we need yeah. practices of red tent and rest to help our bodies come into balance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, these are just not concepts that we grew up with. You know, they're uh, concepts that we have to um, do our part to make them become ingrained uh, into our society and culture, you know, because, you know, we're living in this, uh, you know, predator capitalistic society where you, you know, work till you drop and especially women, uh, you know, you, you work all day at a job and then you come home and you still have to, you know, work some more and the idea of being able to take off any time at all during your menses is just unthinkable, you know. Um, <laughs> and, it, and, you know, and, it, and it's so uh, important, too, because not only are we taking care of ourselves, uh, you know, we're setting a tone for maybe the men in our life, the young women that, uh, you know, see us as role models, you know, to value ourselves, uh, you know, to see our bodies as sacred again. I mean, it's just so important on so many different levels. And uh, I, I don't know, Laura, I'm, I'm so hopeful right now with, um, you know, the change that's afoot, you know, even though it's, it seems chaotic. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of hopeful that we can uh, eventually, you know, build a new world. And, you know, with things like the moon salutations and the red tents and, you know, people talking about values of the sacred feminine, um, I don't know, maybe a couple generations from now, the world might look like a different place. That's beautiful, and I, I really, really pray for that. I hope that's true. So let me let me ask you about menopause in particular. Um, why is it so difficult for women, especially here in the Western world, and um, what do you think we need uh, to maybe ease the transition? Yes. So just like our culture does not honor and value menstruation, in fact, we shame it and hide it, and I think that creates more physical and spiritual problems. Um, there are other cultures where women don't have hot flashes, or certainly not the extent that American women experience that, or vaginal dryness, um, or sexual pain, or the other issues that so often go along with um, menopause for women, loss of energy. Um, I think we do have a problem in our culture with age, number one, and there's a sense that we should be eternally young. There's a sense that we don't honor the need for healthy rest. And what happens at menopause is, you know, the body's going through such a major transition. Um, the hormones are changing. The brain has to rewire itself to different levels or of, of the hormones. And if there's any shortage of the adrenal gland, you know, if the, if the woman is tired and her hormones are already not very balanced, her stress hormones, um, it will be a really, really hard transition. Um, so I think honoring rest, honoring women, letting women have easier menstrual periods through taking a day or two or three off on their menstruation would be a big help. Um, and then honoring age, you know, what happens when you go through menopause is you become a crone. You're not in that childbearing phase anymore. Now you're honoring the whole culture. You're honoring your grandchildren. You're honoring your friends' children. You're honoring your sister's children. And 
becoming a co-parent for all of them. So you become kind of a co-parent to the, all of the world's children. And we're not honoring feminine values in our world, exactly as you said, you know, with capital, patriarchal cap, capitalism and all these things that, you know, create exhaustion for women. So I think when we address the um, epidemic of exhaustion, chronic fatigue, and depression in women, menopause transition will become much, much easier. I know for myself, um, I was getting hot flashes for a few years, mostly at night, and uh, it really affected my sleep. And I needed to work less. I needed to get off the computer, especially at night. And I found that when I brought more peacefulness and balance into my entire work week and made it more like a a pleasure week, a joy week, and, and really made sure that all of the activities I was doing were nourishing to my body, and I was having more rest time, frankly, my hot flushes went away. That was a gradual thing over about six months to a year, and um, so it's been three years since I had my last period, and I, I don't have any hot flushes at this time, but that was a gradual transition, and I really believe it has to do with honoring and nurturing ourselves. Well, and and you just kind of punctuate the importance of the the mind-body connection, too, you know, the emotional, physical uh, connection. You know, if we're under a lot of stress, if we're depressed, if angst, frustration, whatever it is, uh, you know, that is going to affect uh, our physical body. Um, and, you know, and I know you're not a doctor and, you know, we're, we're certainly not giving medical advice here, you know, uh, but I, I am curious, uh, in all the talks with uh, the different women you've had, um, did any of them ever make a connection uh, with fibroids, for instance? Um, did any of this um, help with the fibroids or, uh, you know, and the heavy bleeding and stuff that comes with that? Or was that you know, not really on the radar screen. I think uh, in all the women I've spoken with, I think there was one woman that I spoke with who is a um, a senior yoga teacher who told me stories of healing herself from fibroids and heavy, heavy bleeding uh, through gentle yoga, definitely gentle yoga on her period. I'm not an expert in fibroids, but I have heard one anecdotal story of that from a senior teacher, absolutely, yes. And I think she used gentle belly down postures during her periods, very gentle, and massage and some shiatsu and acupressure. Okay, okay. Um, All right, well, we're going to take a a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, uh, Laura, I want to hear more about um, getting started with this practice, and um, and I don't know, is there a, a, maybe you just shared it, uh, but I know you uh, had in some of your materials uh, wanting to share your own menopause journey. Uh, Was that the hot flashes, um, uh, you know, that you just described, or was there more to it than that? You know, Karen, we can go in so many directions. I could talk more about my menopause journey. I could talk about, uh, yes, getting started with the moon citation, moon citations for beginners, um, my own personal story. I do have a gift that I could give where people could get the instructions if they're not wanting to purchase the whole book. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back, and um, uh, we'll get to as much as we can before the end of the hour. All right. Uh, so, dear listeners, here uh, for you is a word from Joe Carson. tell you about Joe Carson's film, Dancing with Gaia, an exploration of earth-based spirituality shot at sacred sites around the world. This is from Janina Renee, author of Playful Magic and By Candlelight. Dancing with Gaia is a magical, transformative film 
Just watching it can alter your perception of the physical body and the energy field of the goddess Earth. Next time you are taking a walk or simply gazing across the landscape, you might find yourself affecting mystical fusion with the local Earth forms or making deep contact with the spirits of place. If you want to engage deeper with the consciousness of the Earth, there are a number of detailed but simple how-tos. What's more, seeing the exquisite works of these Gaia-inspired artists could energize you to start working on some of your own spiritually expressive projects. The DVD was shot in some of the most powerfully sacred sites in the Western world. It comes packaged with a 45-page color booklet which goes even deeper into the ideas and techniques in the film. The package is just $20 and you can get it from dancingwithgaia.com. So that was Dancing uh, with Gaia, and uh, it is available only at uh, dancingwithgaia.com. And uh, if you're just tuning in late, uh, I am with uh, Laura Cornell today, and our topic uh, is her book, uh, Moon Salutations, A Healing for Women Through Yoga. And uh, Laura is the founder of Divine Feminine Yoga, and uh, she has managed to forge her own authentic path toward healing. Uh, In her 20s, uh, she struggled with anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, and eating disorders. And uh, she now empowers women through yoga, uh, coaching, and retreats. And um, Laura, you were going to tell us about your own uh, menopause journey. Why don't we go there and um, then we'll get to uh, how to start the practices. And uh, we'll close with the free gift you so generously offered listeners. Yes, absolutely. Well, maybe I'll back up a little bit about how I became passionate about the Divine Feminine, which you asked me at the beginning and I never got to. You know, when I was a little girl, I, um, oh, so many different pieces. I think I'm going to start with when I was in my 20s and I noted that I had been given the Lord's Prayer, a masculine prayer, Our Father, which art in the earth. And I also noticed that in the Hebrew Christian Bible there were mentions of knocking down the hillside temples which I knew to be goddess temples and trees and places of moon worship full moon and new moon that were worshipped by the um, Hebrew and Canaanite women and I promised myself I would not pray the Lord's Prayer again until I had a sufficient prayer that was of equal power, our mother, which art in the earth. And I love that audio you just shared about that uh, video, Sacred Gaia's the body of the mother earth. And um, it was almost three decades before I had that. I began to really work with the earth and heal the earth and began to feel to feel the trees speaking to me and uh, the moon speaking to me powerfully through the moon salutation. So I had a feminist consciousness from a very young age. I volunteered for the Equal Rights Amendment um, in high school. Still not passed. (laughs) I was in St. Louis, Missouri, and I volunteered for the Equal Rights Movement, getting signatures for that. And um, I was raised in a religion that had a lot of positive sides, but was also very body-denying and emotion denying so I was not taught to honor my female body I was not taught to love my body or or my emotions and I was also molested um, by my father and my uncle and this really cut me off from my female body and and sadly also from my mother and in my 20s as you read in my bio Incredibly painful. Hello. And with, yes, have you lost me? No, go right ahead. Laura. Hello. Laura. Yeah, Laura, you're still there. Keep talking. Just keep going. Laura, just keep talking. We hear you. Laura. Okay, so her call dropped. Uh, I would imagine she is right back. So um, 
Uh, yeah, here she is. Uh, hang on, let me uh, let me welcome her back. Hey, Laura, we could hear you talking. I'm not. You might have heard some clicks or something, but um, I, just go yeah. ahead and yeah, keep going. How Sorry. Was, how, how far was I when I got lost? Cut off. Um, not uh, you were you were talking you you were saying that uh, I mentioned uh, in your introduction in your twenties that you started to deal with some uh, you know some uh, physical uh, issues anxiety depression. Right. So I think that very sadly there is an epidemic of anxiety and depression in our world, and I would say especially with young women and, and midlife women. Um, I also went through an eating disorder. I'm not sure if I said that before I was cut off. That was really painful. That was in my young 20s. And um, and chronic fatigue. And really what helped me heal my eating disorder was reconnecting on a psychological and spiritual level with my mom, both the inner mother, the divine feminine, as well as my actual mom. I did quite a bit of reparative work in my relationship with my mom. And, and frankly, the moon salutation... Doing yoga is what helped my body to heal from chronic fatigue. I got healthier every single year after I began to practice yoga. And within just a few years, two or three years of practicing yoga daily, I had no more chronic fatigue. And I have been quite healthy ever since my um, I started practicing yoga. Not that I don't occasionally get colds, but not a lot more than the average person and maybe even a little less. Um, and... Um, the depression and anxiety, I think, really worked themselves out through the yoga. My emotions began to stabilize. And I am somebody who has very strong emotions. I will go into deep sadness, but I'll let it out. And you know, especially the yoga practice is a beautiful way for me to integrate our emotions. I think that with what's happening on today's planet, not just with the pandemic, but with what's happening to the earth, the body of the mother, um, and what's happening to humanity and the wealth inequality and the racial inequality, the injustices we see, it would be maladaptive not to grieve all of that. And so I think as women, we need places to come together to help each other to grieve, to cry, to name whatever's happening. And um, so yoga was very strengthening and very stabilizing for my emotions, and it also gave me a place to work through any traumas from my childhood in a somatic way. I think psychotherapy is invaluable, especially for anybody, any woman who has experienced any trauma. But the truth is, all women, whether or not you've had a specific trauma that you can remember or not, I think we all suffer from the oppression of being connected from our spiritual mother, from the planet, from Mother Earth, from the millennia of violence against women. And so I think we all have to heal from this whether or not you have a specific trauma that you remember. It's in our bones. It's in our cells, genetically, epigenetically. And so I think women's circles, I think practices like the moon citation that are empowering. And for me, yoga has also been a place to um, open to my body in any place where there's trauma and release it little tiny bit by little tiny bit, not all at once, but um, it's very healing in that way. So what I want to say about menopause, this has been a story getting there, is I think as women we go through waves, right? So I think the transition in if puberty is a big transition, like owning our fertility, our ability to give birth, our, our desire to be um, sexual to join with another to, to form love bonds that's a big adjustment and I didn't make that adjustment very smoothly because of the trauma I had experienced as a child and so I think that's what caused the anxiety and depression at that age and phase and you know life experiences we, as we go through them can create new traumas new challenges and you know depending on how well we adjust we may go back into a depression we may not I think what happens at menopause is that it is a truth serum for anything in a woman's life that has not been resolved. And as much healing as I had done with my own mother over the decades, when I uh, began to stop bleeding or when my periods became irregular, 
I had to get even closer to the bone of my femininity. I had to heal my relationship even more. And that's when I started writing. I wrote about my relationship with my mother. I wrote a book chapter, you know, Me Too, how I uh, healed from incest to recover, the, to awaken the divine feminine within. And I wrote my Moon Salutations book where I interviewed many other women as well as telling my own story of healing my disconnection from the feminine and reclaiming that on a physical level as well as an emotional and spiritual level. And so um, I think menopause is one of those times when anything that has not been brought home, if you have to bring it home or you will suffer physically, it shows you where you haven't come into total balance with yourself yet as a woman. Well. Um, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, enjoying your story. I mean, it's so relatable and, uh, I, I think probably so many women can, um, hear you speak and, uh, you know, feel you're speaking to them, uh, you know, in, individually, you know, uh, and, 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 and I mean, I think it also speaks to the power of this, uh, this ancient practice as well. Uh, you know, it, it seems like it can be such a um, a resource. Um, you know, uh, you know, for for coping and um, you know, just sort of helping us get in a more balanced place. You know, emotionally and physically. And it and it's so sad too because you know we have uh, you know these fundamentalist religions who and and you know it's no surprise patriarchal religions that would you know, scare women and men off from yoga, you know, this, you know, this powerful tool you can use to come into balance. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard it, you know, they say, uh, oh, you don't want to get into, a, you know, do yoga or do meditation or anything like that because it, uh, it you know, it, it opens a portal for the devil to enter your body. I, I mean, the, oh, the, that to me is trauma, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, denying Denying, you know, denying people the ability to, uh, you know, heal themselves. But um, so, so how does one, uh, you know, begin, uh, Laura? Um, you know, how how do they get started uh, practicing the moon salutation? Yeah, well, I can give you two resources. Shall I give those now, and then we could talk about beginners and the moon salutation, or an intermediate student? Sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever. So whatever one- makes the most sense. So one one resource um, is my book, Moon Salutations. It's on Amazon. You can also encourage your local small bookstore to get it. You can get it through Ingram uh, Spark. But um, your bookstore can get it through Ingram Spark. But if you go on Amazon, it's at Moon Salutations, Women's Journey Through Yoga to Healing Power and Peace. And I have detailed instructions and um, for 10 different variations, all the way from three or four that are for complete beginners. So if you have never done yoga before, if you feel like you have any injuries or any tight places in your body, at least the first three and probably the first six you can easily do as a beginner or somebody who has maybe tight hips or, you know, a knee that sometimes gets tweaks and you need to be very careful with your knee or your hips um, and you're not comfortable with deep squats or deep knee bends, um, you'll be happy with these um, first six really um i also have there's there's uh let's see 11 core poses in the moon salutation or maybe eight different and i show like four or five variations for each one so how to do it if you're doing the full expression and how to do it if you're doing different variations if you want to protect the knee or protect the hip or if you're a beginner and you just need less of a stretch so there's all those, how to use a block, how to do it in different gentle ways. So those pictures are all in there, um, and that's Moon Citation's book. Now, I also have a free resource that would, is on my website. So you would go to moonsalutations.com forward slash gift. So it's moonsalutations.com forward slash gift. And then there's um, a PDF that shows you both a beginner version and a more advanced intermediate version, and then has a poem that I wrote that goes with the moon citation, and a lot of women find that this helps them to be in a meditative state while they're practicing the poses. I, I don't know if you probably know Carol Christ, 
um, author of many books on feminist spirituality, Karen. Um, she learned the moon citation very early on from me, oh gosh, in the late 90s from me, and practiced it for years with this poem. So that's all available in this gift. At um, if There's no cost, moonsitations.com gift. Okay, sounds great. And yeah, Carol's uh, Carol's a friend. Uh, she's been here on the show often. Um, I can almost imagine uh, when she leads her uh, pilgrimages to Crete. Uh, you know, the women yeah. may be even doing uh, this yoga. Uh, you know, there on the retreats. Um, is is that right. where you taught her? But yeah, exactly. I, I just I could see it. <laughs> I yeah. can see it. Um, okay, okay. Well, um, all right, so that your website, moonsalutations.com. Thank you so much uh, for that uh, generous gift. Um, well, I want, you know, we have about uh, five or ten minutes left. Um, uh, is there anything you want to share with listeners that uh, I haven't thought to ask you, Laura? Mm-mm. I'm feeling like maybe we could do a practice, which I have actually never done without a video, but um, I'm feeling like doing that. Would you like to do that, Karen? Um, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, take a couple minutes with it if if you think you can explain it well enough. Uh, you know, without the visuals, let's uh, let's give it a try. I'm game. I trust your intuition. So you told me that you – I want to adapt this for you perfectly. I to, you told me that you had um, not practiced yoga very much. Do you have any um, limitations such as tight hips, tight knees? Can you do a few standing poses? Would you like to do a sitting variation? Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a sitting variation. Okay, great. All right, so I'm going to invite everybody who's listening with us to come onto a chair where you can sit on the edge of the chair with your sits bones pretty close, maybe four inches back on the edge of the chair, and not not sitting on the floor, and preferably something comfortable. My chair is a little bit soft. And the reason you want to be not so far back is because if you're leaning back into your chair all the way back, you can't move the legs, and we're going to open the knees a little bit. So you want space to be able to have your knees close together or space to have your knees far apart like you were doing a squat, a goddess squat. Make sense, Karen? Sure does. Okay. And we'll start with our knees in parallel, which means that there's your hip joints. You can put your hands kind of up on that hip bone, that iliac crest, and then straight down from there. Your legs are going out. They're parallel. And just feel that sense of uh, strength in the legs and have the feet right under, the heels right under the knees. And put your hands on your knees and just take a breath. Feel the earth supporting your body the weight of your sits bones into the chair and down into Mother Earth and the weight of your thighs and knees going down into Mother Earth through your feet, feet relaxed. And now take your left hand to the chair next to you and your right hand up. Drop your shoulder down and come in a crescent moon shape to the side. Keep rooting down into the earth. You can circle the hand, circle the wrist. Go the other way. Come up. And lower that right hand down to the chair. And take the left arm up, crescent moon to the second side. Relax your face, relax your jaw, rooting into the earth and knowing that your heart is aligned with all phases of the moon. Coming up. And now widen the knees. So you're going to take your thighs as far apart as is comfortable for your body 
and move the feet out also so your knees are still right over your ankles. There's that sense of strength. Spread your toes and press the foot into the floor. Lift the spine and feel the pelvic floor touching the earth. Soften the face and the jaw. And now this time we're going to take the left elbow on the knee. So you're coming down with the elbow on the knee. Take your right hand and draw your ribs open. So you're twisting to the side, opening your ribs. So you're pulling your right ribs up and back. You maybe even lean over a little further and then take your right arm up, straight up towards the sky, the stars. Drop your shoulder away from your ear. And now if your neck is... Um, feeling any discomfort, look down. Otherwise, feel free to turn your head. You can look forward or even up at your fingers and visualize the sky beyond the roof. Breathe and feel that you are connected to the cosmos, the stars and planets. Lift up and over, rest in the middle. One hand on each knee, again, feeling the openness of the hips, feeling yourself as a goddess. And now second side, right elbow goes to right knee. Now, take your left hand and draw your left ribs back, so you're twisting the ribs open. That top rib is coming back to open the spine See if you can come even a little more to the side, lengthening the ribs towards the right this time. Your knees are still strong over your ankles, and sweep that left arm to the side and up towards the sky. Soften your shoulder. And now you get to pick where the eyes go. If there's any discomfort in your neck, look down. You might also feel good looking out, or if it feels delicious, look up past your top fingers. Breathe into the belly, that nice round feminine belly. Feel the pelvic floor connecting with your chair, feet connecting with earth, and your hand reaching towards the sky, the stars, the light, the dark, the mother. Come back to center. So you have one hand on both knees. And now sweep the arms up and look up at the hands. And now sweep the arms down, and we're going to come into a forward bend in whatever way works for you. You might want to drop your torso in in between the knees and let the head come down. You could, if it works for you, touch the ground or your feet and send a prayer to Mother Earth. Deep breath and feel the breath stretch the back. Head down, rolling up. Bring the knees back together. And let the hands come to the knees and just rest. And feeling how you encompass all phases of the moon in your body the crescent moon, the full moon, the light and the dark. And hands together in front of the heart. Namaste. You might want to put one hand on the heart, one hand on the belly, just honoring your body, your creativity. release you can let the eyes open again that was very nice very nice thank you and uh, easy to follow too thank you for that Um, so let me just ask you uh, do you have uh, any seated poses uh, in your uh, free PDF or in the moon salutations book 
I don't. I'm planning on putting it as a video on my website soon. That the that the gentle moon salutation that is shown in the PDF can be done sitting. In fact, most of the first three or four variations from the book can be done sitting. But that is something. That's a gap I need to fill in on my website. Okay. All right. And um, your material said that you do coaching and uh, retreats. Uh, are you able to do that right now during the pandemic? Uh, are you working, have a workaround, or uh, is that for the yeah. future? No, I have been leading retreats for 25 years, and I have continued, believe it or not, during the pandemic to do them online. Um, when coronavirus hit my husband and I were planning to travel the world and we had just sold our home and we were starting to travel and we were in Mexico and we said I guess we're staying here so we settled in San Miguel de Allende and I immediately began to teach online classes I have women's writing and yoga circles tending the inner flame and I have a just letter retreat believe it or not on the last full moon Um, I do different kinds of retreats one is circle leadership uh, for women healers who are yoga teachers or massage therapists or want to be circle leaders. So I do a circle leadership retreat. And I also t- do business coaching for women who um, are yoga teachers or holistic health practitioners, such as chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists, because I think women, um, we need help to, be- to know how to be successful. And so I just led a sacred businesswoman retreat with 47 amazing women. Wow. Uh, you're you're busy, and uh, you know, being uh, temporarily there in Mexico, you haven't uh, let that stop you. Kudos to you. You know, Zoom works really well, and I actually felt quite called when coronavirus hit to help other women. I mean, a lot of yoga studios and massage therapists and chiropractors were completely closed down, right? And so I felt very called to help women figure out how to get online. Yeah, and well, and, and how to just deal with everything too, you know. Um, exactly. So I, so that that that's really awesome that that you jumped right in. Um, well, Laura, um, I've enjoyed uh, chatting with you today, and uh, it, it's been fun, and you've been so. Uh, personable and informative and relatable. Um, I just want to thank you for uh, making the time uh, to be on the show today and uh, sharing all you have with listeners. Thank you so much, Karen. It's a real pleasure. It's been great to be here in this beautiful Sacred Feminine Goddess show. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, be well, and I hope before too long you will be back uh, uh, traveling around the world with your honey. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, uh, that about uh, does it, uh, listeners, uh, for me today, uh, for this week. Uh, I will be back with you uh, next Wednesday, uh, if you can believe it. Next Wednesday is already July 1st. Uh, that's pretty incredible. And I will have Matthew Fox on the show. Uh, it's been years since uh, he's been here, but he's back. Uh, he has another book out, um, and uh, I think uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, he's always got uh, such good stuff. So uh, if you have not hit the uh, follow button on the show page, uh, please do, uh, so you don't miss the opportunity uh, to hear what, uh, uh, what Matthew uh, has to say. Uh, you, you'll definitely want to uh, uh, avail yourself of his incredible wisdom. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, not just Hildegard uh, von Bingen, uh, but also uh, Thomas Aquinas. Uh, I think you will be uh, very surprised uh, to learn some information uh, about him that uh, uh, you've never heard before. I think it will cast him in a totally different light. And um, Matthew has always been a a proponent of the divine feminine, uh, so he's uh, certainly one of those uh, male uh, allies of ours out there. So uh, that will be next Wednesday uh, at 11 a.m., 
And uh, we're pretty much getting back on track with the show being every uh, Wednesday at 11 uh, again. So uh, you can kind of count on that. But as always, uh, a reminder, uh, it's always best if you click the follow button on the show page so you get a reminder of the show in your inbox and you can listen at your convenience. All right. Uh, Well, that about does it. I hope you're enjoying summer and uh, you're finding ways to be good to yourself. And um, I think one of those is uh, being really careful what we focus on uh, because what we uh, nurture, what we tend to, uh, that's what develops and grows and what we neglect withers. So we want to be real sure we're ignoring those things uh, that no longer serve us and instead of giving them any energy. All right. Uh, so until we meet again next week, um, have, a great, uh, have a great day, have a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.